Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today is Monday, November 11th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman, and episode 340, featuring stadium basketball analyst and CLNS podcaster Jeff Goodman, is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag and use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% bonus on your next deposit. This show is also brought to you in part by ExpressVPN. Get three months free when you purchase a yearly subscription by going to expressvpn.com slash Celtics. Well, it's Monday. Normally Mondays stink, but not this one because we're talking about the NBA-leading Boston Celtics. Yes, the NBA-leading Boston Celtics. 7-1, and fresh off a perfect road trip to Cleveland, Charlotte, and San Antonio, and the Seas have the best record in the association. Half game better than the defending champion Raptors, as well as the Lakers and Nuggets. Sounds good, right? Yeah, element is sucking there too. Gordon Hayward is injured again, which means we won't be hearing any of this for a little while. Walker takes it. Rebound. Gordon Hayward for two. Nice performances and the best performance out of Gordon Hayward as he ties his career high, as I said, with 39 points on the night. There's obviously been more opportunities this year. You know, we're running some things that I am comfortable doing and um, not overthinking the game, being hesitative, then... I should be fine. we got to continue to attack. And not every night it's going to be me scoring and getting it. As long as I'm getting in the paint, making the right reads, it's a good thing for us. I mentioned on Twitter when Gordon Hayward fractured his left hand, this guy can't catch a break. That was not a pun. I was not trying to be funny, but many of you quickly pointed out that's all he catches. And you got to feel bad. In all seriousness, this stinks. Two freak injuries during his time in Boston. One basically wrecks two entire seasons of his prime. And this one should only disrupt a number of weeks, but... You know, as we record this right now, Hayward still has not met with a specialist. That's coming later today in New York to determine if he will need surgery. It's worth noting, Brad Stevens said Saturday, that could actually speed up his return. We'll see. We're going to talk all about that and a whole lot more with Stadium's Jeff Goodman, as you know, also hosts multiple podcasts for CLNS Media, the Good and Plenty podcast, and the new one with the legendary Bob Ryan. A good listen. If you haven't checked it out, you should. Jeff, before we start, I, uh, I need to know if you've had any edible gummies before the show. Holy crap. I've never had an edible gu- a gummy. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I was actually talking, I won't mention who it is, another writer uh, a couple weeks ago who has started to take these edible gummies. And, and he told me they hit him hard. Like the really? first time, like he couldn't move. He, he oh took it goodness. and he took like a bite of it. And he said like an hour later, he couldn't even move. He wanted to move and like his body 
wouldn't do what his mind wanted it to do. Oh, so uh, you, you feel for Deion Waiters. I, I tweeted out yesterday, like, the one guy I'm pretty sure that did not give him the, the edible gummy on his team was, was Duncan Robinson, all right? I, the, the local kid from just uh, the, the island off Portsmouth, New Hampshire. I just don't see it. I, I don't see them running in the same circles more than anything else. Yeah, what what a mess there in Miami with that situation. Before we get to the good, of course, we got to start with the bad, which is this Hayward injury. You really have to feel for him, like I said before. Just when, you know, he goes all John Wick and announces to the world that he's back with his play, you have another setback. Here's what Brad Stevens and Jalen Brown both had to say after Saturday's win in San Antonio. Every year you go through stuff where different things happen and different guys go down. We've already seen some guys, some really good players in this league. Um, hurt and you know it's up to everybody else to pick up the slack and um, do their job this, this one uh, doesn't feel near as bad as it did two years ago so we'll um, be back and just a, you know be, and be off for a few weeks or a month or whatever it is I know that's tough anytime you deal with an injury like that that's disheartening we wish him a speedy recovery I think he'll be fine I think he'll be watching the game and he'll probably be able to come back and see the game you know a little bit different we'll wait for his return but we'll try to hold it down for him So, Jeff, we don't know exactly how long Hayward's going to be out as we chat, but NBC Sports Boston's Chris Forsberg did mention after a USA Today report Hayward fractured his ring finger in the left hand that that same injury Aaron Baines suffered last year. He returned after four weeks after a four- to six-week timeline. As we know, Baines is kind of a freak of nature, so maybe that was you know even ahead of what you can expect from, from Hayward. But assuming that his absence is kind of in that same neighborhood, and we see him again next month. Will he be the same player after such a hot start to the year? Just as confident, just as aggressive? You hope so, right? I mean, it took so long to get back to this where I, I thought he was playing as well as he did um, when he was an all-star in Utah. Mm-hmm. So I, I hope he can come back and, and pick right up, but you don't know. I mean, you don't know because he might come back and, and this injury might affect him in terms of his shot. And he doesn't have the same level of confidence because maybe he has a couple off games. I mean, everything was just kind of snowballing here, right? Like early on in the season, he was playing well, but he hadn't really still shown that kind of that, that gear, right? Even the quickness, the gear, like he was, he was making better decisions. He was making shots, all of that. But I remember asking him a couple of weeks ago, I said, like, how close are you to a hundred percent? And he looked at me like, like I had like, three heads and I'm like what do you mean he's like no no no, I am 100% I said well you know I still haven't seen that kind of juice that that where you you know because I've seen Gordon since he was a a freshman at Butler and he's got some explosiveness he's not going to show it all the time but but he's pretty athletic and we hadn't seen it at that point and I didn't even see it the last few games as much but what I did see was a different level of swagger in just the body language that was the biggest difference the decision-making was even crisper, but the body language, like Gordon Hayward was walking around on that court, and he knew he belonged. Where last year, he did not know he belonged every game. Like, there were some games, maybe one out of every eight, nine, ten games, that he felt like he was kind of Gordon Hayward again. But now I think he felt like, okay, I'm back now. And, and now being out six weeks, you know, you come back hoping and I'm sure he'll come back thinking, all right, yeah, yeah, I can, I can come. But all it takes is maybe a couple games where maybe he struggles and you take that step back. And, and, and again, the other part, Adam, is this team hasn't played together yet. I, I get they have the best record in the NBA right now, but you want them to start to play together and get some chemistry because otherwise you're going to be dealing with this, you know, in, in January. 
throwing Hayward potentially back into the equation. Uh, with he's, He hasn't played with Tanner. He really hasn't played with Jalen Brown. So it's going to be a, a kind of a rearranging of roles. So you feel like chemistry has been an issue, and I don't say that from a standpoint of everyone getting along and all of that. Obviously, we know that's great, but just the the strictly basketball on-floor chemistry, you don't like what you've seen so far. No, I do. What I'm saying is that you're you're putting guys in that haven't been playing. So, like, gotcha. they've played well with the guys they've had. What I'm saying is now you've got to integrate Ennis Canner. I see. So loves, once you're at full strength and everybody's ball. back. Correct. Correct. So you want that from from the get go, from November. You want to you want to have everybody as much as possible, so that Brad Stevens can figure out roles, so that these guys Kemba can figure out where these guys want and need the basketball. And Hayward, let's face it, like Hayward's probably the best passer on the team, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I one of the things that I worry about with the hand because I, I don't necessarily worry as much about his shot because it's not a shooting hand. Although obviously it could affect the shot, but. But the ball handling, he's a good ball handler when, you know, when he's right, when he's in the flow, when he's in his game. And this absolutely could impact that. I just think it, you never know. That's all, that's all I'm saying is he, he finally had it. Those first seven games were tremendous overall. And he finally kind of had it back. Whatever it is, hmm. he had it back overall. You just hope he doesn't lose it when he comes back. Yeah, to me, coming into the season, we talked about this a lot over the summer, It's and I wasn't the only one that felt this way. To me, it was really a natural thought, which is Hayward's play was the X factor for this team coming into the year. Boston's ceiling depended on his, and clearly there was a reason to be excited with, like you said, what we've seen so far in this year. But now he's going to be out for a period of time, however long exactly that is. Do you expect this team to tread water just fine without Hayward because of the way others have performed, or do you think they're they're going to struggle considering clearly they're going to have less balance to this roster? No, they're going to struggle because they're going to play better teams. That's why they're going to struggle. Uh, you know, I know they got the Wizards coming up. At Golden State, those are a couple, you know, hopefully uh, easy wins to some degree. But uh, then you go on, you know, that's the road trip. You got Sacramento. You got a Phoenix team that's playing better. Clippers, Denver. Um, listen, the bottom line was um, you had one win so far that I thought was was really impressive over a team that you were like, okay, you know what? And it was really two and a half, three quarters against uh, Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, you should beat Toronto at home. You should beat them, period. You know, the Knicks stink, Cleveland stinks, Charlotte stinks. I don't care what the record was. San Antonio, good win. That was probably the other, the second most impressive win I think they've had because it came on the road. But they really haven't beaten anybody yet. So now you go without Hayward, again, for a stretch that is a lot more, you know, much more difficult uh, in terms of schedule. Well, safe to say the guy who at least could benefit the most here, the biggest opportunity in Hayward's absence is Jalen Brown, at least in terms of a guy who's, you know, right there in the flow of the offense and going to see the most minutes and, and get his shots, all of that. He sounds ready for it based on this. My mindset and my approach has been the same since I came into the league. I've always had the mindset where I always felt like I belonged on the floor and I wanted to be aggressive and, and stuff. Sometimes I was too aggressive, you know, early on. So just having the right poise, I think I'm seeing the game the right way. But also I want to do a great job of trying to find my teammates, and especially with Gordon out. I want to um, display my playmaking ability to get guys easy ones. As we know, Brown dropped 30 in San Antonio. That gross abscess of a thing he had to have drained a handful of times is is in the past. And he's one of four guys on this team averaging at least 18 points. He's He's been really, really good. Very confident, aggressive. 
What do you expect from Brown with Hayward out? You hope you expect more consistency. That, that's what you want to see with Jalen Brown, right? You want to see him make good decisions in the half court. Uh, you want to see him move the basketball. You want to see him make threes again. Um, those are all the things to me that I question, and I question whether paying Jalen Brown that money was, was really the right thing to do. Yeah. I understand you kind of had to, especially with the free agent crop that's coming up. I, I get it, um, but I, I still – question whether Jalen Brown is going to be a consistent guy like like that he's going to be better than your number four guy on your team at the end of the day and maybe if he's your number four he's got a chance to be a championship caliber team right with with Kemba Tatum and Hayward as your top three you're fine um, I, I just again I've always been kind of hit or miss on Jalen Brown because I, I again I don't think he's a great decision maker especially in the half court once you get going up and down Man, he is absolutely phenomenal. And that's the way, if I'm Brad Stevens, I'm going to play with this group. Because you got Kemba, who's better going up and down. you got Tatum, who's good wherever you want to throw him. Like, whatever. Half court, playing transition, whatever it is. Uh, but I, I think Jalen is a guy that, that's exceptional once you get out in the, half, in, in the transition game. Where in the half court game he struggles. Quick break to tell you, football season, of course, in full swing. I mean, we're halfway through at this point. So get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, betonline.ag. Sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or professional ball. Every spread, every total, every winner, every loser. Straight bet, parlay, tease your way through the season. It doesn't matter. You have a zillion options, and you can even bet on wild prop bets. There's who's going to win MVP? Feeling like it might be Lamar Jackson right now. Maybe Russell Wilson, obviously, in that conversation. Will the Bengals ever win a game? 0-9. Eventually, maybe, but they're too clear of any other team that's seeking out that first-round pick. Other teams just don't know how to tank. And, of course, can the Niners run the table? Well, they get a tough challenge ahead with Seattle tonight. Get the fastest market odds updates and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. Head over to the website today, use your mobile device to join, and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Let's get back to the show. How about Javante Green or Romeo Langford now that he's up from Maine, obviously had that great debut, almost 30 points for the Red Claws. Again, different league, different guys, all that. But will these guys be able to seize an opportunity here with Hayward out? Uh, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> not even I, Green, I huh? Green played, what, 30 minutes last time out? Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe. I just think, like, there's a reason. You know, there's a reason Javante Green barely made this team. Uh, there's a reason... You know, Romeo Langford, it's going to take time, man. Like, he hasn't been healthy in a year. Um, he doesn't really – isn't known as a, a perimeter shooter, and I think people will know that scouting report on him in the NBA, and they'll give him space and make him show he can shoot it from deep. Uh, and, and, frankly, the way he scored in high school and even at Indiana in his one season, um, he's not going to be able to score in the NBA, not, not over that length, that athleticism. Um, you know, it, most of it was getting the basket, and he's not a, a freak athlete. He's a good athlete. So I think he'll have trouble. I think it'll be an adjustment period for him and Javante Green. I, I think we're being a little uh, optimistic if we think those two guys are going to fill the shoes of, and I know you're not saying that, of Gordon Hayward uh, in any way, shape, or form. No, I'm more thinking about just balance of the roster and, you know, certain guys slot up, and so someone else, obviously, if all goes well, has to slot up too. Like, for instance, does it feel like to you – Javante Green has has kind of stolen Chemi Ojale's place on this team at this point. 
Yeah, I mean, certainly last game. Yeah, I, I, I think we could say that. Uh, but I think it is due to matchups too, right? I mean, yeah. do you want that, you know, it depends who – for me, it's more of like where do you – you know, who matches up better defensively. I think that's kind of the key that Brad will look at. I don't I don't know if he's going to expect either one of them to give you really anything offensively. But, uh, you know, I think Shemmy's a, a really good role guy. I think Javante Green can be a really good role guy. But, you know, I think the guy that probably has to step up and make some shots is Carson Edwards. Mm. I think he's got to be a guy that, and again, talk about inconsistency. He's got to somehow, and and, and he's not going to be because he's a rookie. He's not going to be consistent because that's never been his really MO. He's been a guy that's either he can heat it up, as we've seen in the NCAA tournament or in that preseason game, or he can go ice, ice cold. But um, that's, that's my bigger worry. My bigger worry now is like, can you somehow, and I don't know how you can do it, but can you get a guy – that can come in on that second unit and, and be more of a, of a consistent threat to score. And the other part, talked about it all in the pod, but, like, what do you do with Canner now when he comes back? Do you bring him off the bench with the second unit, or do you start him? I, I personally feel like he should be coming off the bench with the second unit because they need – They need an offense, he yeah. Can provide that. Yeah, he can provide that. I mean, that's what he does. And, and Tice is fine. Now, maybe he's not going to be as good – when you take Hayward out of the starting lineup. But I'm saying when they're healthy, when they're whole, I, I think Canner's better with the second unit. No, I'm, off the bench. I'm with you. That's where I was going to go next, both with Canner and Edwards. The fact that, you know, you, you can't help but ignore. If, if you want to look at the minutes, fine. You could say the Boston's bench hasn't played as many minutes as some other teams in the league. You know, these these guys, this unit, it's it's very reliant on, on its core five, six guys who have played – 30-plus minutes. I'm removing Tice, but obviously you factor in Smart, who's split his time bench and starting because yeah. of that Jalen Brown absence. But these reserves, production-wise, points-wise, among the worst in the NBA. And so you start to look at Cantor, Edwards, Robert Williams, and I just wonder if this team has enough depth. You know, when you have to move Marcus Smart to the to the starting lineup again with Hayward out for this period of time, are you going to get enough from that second unit? Uh, I have the same major—I mean, I think that's a major question. You know, to me, again, when you get everybody healthy, Kenner in that second unit, if, if if you go, right, if you go Tatum, Gordon, Kemba, Tice as your as your first unit, and you bring off the bench, Grant Williams, Kenner, uh, Marcus Smart, you're fine. Then you're good. Like that second, you, you could throw whoever you want in those other two spots. You know, whether it's Carson and you hope he, he gets hot, and if he doesn't, you're not playing him. Robert Williams coming off the, you know, so it's really Grant, Robert, Williams, Canner, but I don't know if you can play those three together because who's your three? Right. You don't really have one. So, I, you know, I think, you know, what do you do there is Robert Williams get squeezed out when Canner comes back in their, in their 100%. You know, he played 22. He had a good game last game, but you're probably going to have to make a call there. Do you want to go with defense and Robert Williams more? Or, or do you want to go with offense and, and, and canter? But I, I'm with you. I'd like one more guy. I would like one more guard. Count on a veteran guard. Like, and I'm not saying they're gonna they're gonna get get him, but like a Jamal Crawford mm-hmm. who's sitting at home right now. Like, why not? Why not bro? bring him in? I, I don't understand. I know he's 39 years old, but who would you rather have? 39 year old Jamal Crawford who's been through the wars over and over and over. Or Carson Edwards coming off the bench. I'd rather Jamal Crawford, personally. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, I don't think Ainge is going to be quick to react necessarily and go out and add a guy, especially when you know you have to 
create the roster spot for him in the first place. But as we talk about all this, it feels like, you know, 15, 18 minutes so far, there's been an element of, of water dumping from us because, you know, there is that concern with Hayward going down and, and now what you have as a result. But again, and you pointing to the schedule and totally fair, but Boston does have the best record in the NBA, even one in San Antonio for the first time since, you know, the King's speech won best picture. It's been a while. A lot has happened, even just during that road trip since our last show. Hayward drops 39 in the near-perfect visit to Cleveland. Kemba Walker, a triumphant return to Charlotte, more emotionally than on the floor, as we know. Terry Rozier, anything but scary in that game. Then you have the World Cup Seas beat their old coach and Greg Popovich with Brown dropping 30 points like we talked about. And also Marcus Smart mouthing off at officials, costing himself 15 grand. But aside from that, all kumbaya in Boston. You know, they love each other. They play together. They don't miss Kyrie Irving. They're following Kemba Walker's quiet lead. Is this team a legit threat to win the Eastern Conference, or are you just not buying into what you've seen so far with the, as you pointed out, one legit win over Milwaukee? No, I think they're totally a threat, completely a threat. I, you know, I think they're right there with Milwaukee, if, if not better. Although Milwaukee has that that dude there uh, who can take over a game and nobody can stop him. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. But uh, yeah, I think overall they're better, and I don't trust Eric Bledsoe. I just don't. So you know, to me, I think it comes down to Philly is your biggest competition. And while I love Philly in a lot of different ways, I still worry about Philly in some ways. And, and putting out a front line of, of Embiid, Horford, and Tobias, and and the perimeter shooting, and you know, um, so. Yeah, I'd put them right there. I think those are clearly the top three teams in, in the East. Um, and, and I think, listen, the bottom line is you can tell these dudes like being around each other, like playing with one another. Um, the locker room is, oh, my God, it is so different than it was the last year or so. It's awesome. You How walk so? in there now, it's just a beat. Everybody's smiling. Everybody's having fun. Nobody's got to tiptoe around and worry about what they say or how they act or whatever because Kemba's not judging anybody he doesn't give a shit <laughs> Kemba's like the ultimate of like do whatever you want you walk in and I've known Grant Williams for a couple of years now that dude never shuts up in a good way like nobody talks more than Grant Williams nobody <laughs> um, and he's next to Jason Tatum his locker's right next to Jason Tatum so Jason's kind of coming out of his shell a little bit more overall so you got them when Taco's in the locker room oh my god Nobody's more comfortable in their own skin than Taco Fall. He's just having fun with everybody. And and listen, here's the other piece to it. You got rid of Kyrie. Okay, that was that was obviously the most important thing for the locker room. As as good a human being as Al Horford is, and he is the best, like the best, the highest character dude ever. He's not really a locker room presence, period, because he just kind of does his own thing. He doesn't really say anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that dates back almost to his Florida days. Like, they called him, like, Grandpa or something. Because he was just, like, more mature than everybody. He's not hanging out with these young guys. I mean, again, he's going to be positive, say the right things, do the right things, all of it. But he's not, like, a strong locker room presence one way or the other. Where now, you, again, you brought in Grant Williams. You brought in Taco. I, I just feel like – and these guys now think it's their team meaning Tatum, meaning Jalen Brown, uh, meaning Gordon Hayward, whoever it is, they all think it's their team. Where last year, it was Kyrie's team. He thought it was his team. Everybody else knew Kyrie thought it was his team. So it was just a totally different dynamic on and off the court. 
It is hard to pick apart a team that's performed so well. You know, best in the league in net rating, top five in offensive, defensive rating, both as well. Um, Kemba Walker, real quick, said this after the win in Charlotte. We all know that we have so much room, you know, to improve. Um, you know, we've been winning, of course, but, you know, I don't think we really put a, together a full game yet. Um, we're just playing in spurts right now. But we just need to get better, and we will. You know, I think we're all really locked in, and we're still learning each other. It's a, it's a very, very long season. It's still early, um, but our main focus is really just to get better. That sound there from NBC Sports Boston, and, uh, you know, he highlighted some of the things that you already touched on. Uh, Danny Ainge, during a radio interview, said that consistency, as you said, number one thing he, he feels the Celts need to work on right now. When you start to dive into some of the numbers, though, Rebounding is absolutely an issue. You know, 29th in rebound percentage, if that's a stat that people like to pay attention to. It's not just rebounds per game anymore. It's rebound percentage. And Ennis Cantor, we know his ability. We know his track record. And we know that he's going to be back maybe as soon as tonight after missing these last seven games. All wins, by the way. Is his return going to improve that while not hurting other areas for this team? Since, as we know, he doesn't completely fit the style of play that Brad Stevens would like to implement. Um, I asked Brad that. I remember the press conference. I, I took him aside after we were talking, and I said, I'm like, Canner's defense, man. Like, He's like, well, he was much better in the playoffs last year. I'm like, I, I get it, but I've, I've seen Canner play too many times. And, you know, I think if you've got him around a group, again, it's it's like anything. Like, Kyrie, I thought, actually was better overall defensively the last two years because he was around guys whether it's Marcus Smart, Rosie, or whoever, who, who, who were tough, who wanted to defend, right? I mean, I, you hope Canner has a little bit of that uh, in him because um, it's going to be a priority, and, and you've got some other guys on this team that are decent defense. I mean, again, not great. I mean, you got Smart and Jalen Brown. I, I love Tice's effort. Tatum's up and down defensively a little bit. Kemba's not great. But he's better than, to me at least, he tries. He's better than Kyrie. Um, he doesn't get beat, you know, off his man quite as much, and I think he gives more effort. Um, so I guess to answer your, your your question in a long-winded way, I would say yes, the rebounding will will be better um, because Canner that that's what he does. But their defense may not be as good with Canner in the game ultimately because. Um, He's just—he's not a great defender, and he's never been a great defender. He's shown it in spurts that he can—he can pick it up, but he's never been able to sustain it. One more break to tell you today's show, also brought to you by ExpressVPN. I live in Boston, but I like watching everyone as much as possible. Helps me to stay smart when I'm talking to you as opposed to just pretending. And watching teams outside of Boston used to be a big pain because they don't always show their games in my area. But this season, I discovered an amazing trick. Let's you watch every single NBA game live for a fraction of the normal cost. It's called ExpressVPN. Here's how it works. NBA offers the NBA League Pass, right? Lets you stream games online. But if you live in the U.S. or Canada, doesn't let you watch all of them. Some games are blacked out. So what do you do? Fire up ExpressVPN and use it to change your location to a different country. Buy and use the NBA League Pass from there, and boom, no blackouts. And depending on the country, NBA League Pass could cost less than 15 bucks for a whole year. ExpressVPN works on your computer, your phone, your router consoles like Fire TV, so you can watch all the games from any device. ExpressVPN also encrypts all your data, so keeps it safe from the hackers. You want that. 
Enjoy all 1,230 games of the NBA season in HD with the world's most trusted VPN, ExpressVPN. Use my special link today to get three months free at expressvpn.com slash Celtics, after which you can sign up for NBA League Pass at a huge discount. That's expressvpn.com, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Celtics for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash Celtics to learn more. Back to the show. I've got you for just a few more minutes. Two more things that I want to touch on real quick here. One we could spend an entire show on. Clearly we aren't. But the biggest story in the NBA early this season concerns load management. You know, we've seen fines, strong comments from coaches, players, former players. Let's join the party. This isn't going to change. It is what it is. It's a thing. How do you feel about it? I mean, like you just said, I don't don't like it. I feel bad for those families and those kids who put forth a, a ton of money. And it is a ton of money. My wife and daughter paid for tickets for the Bruins game last night. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of money. So I, I get it, but I also get that it worked for Kawhi Leonard last year. He played 60 games, and, oh, by the way, they won the NBA title. So now, you know, it's like anything, right, the copycat kind of league. Once it works, it's like, all right, well, we should all be doing it. If Kawhi did it. Like, we should all be sitting a little bit here and there, and I know Kawhi wasn't the first one to do it. No, I mean, this goes back to even when he was with the Spurs, they were doing that like crazy. That's right. Way worse. Way worse. It was way worse under Pop. Oh, yeah, with Duncan, with Manu, with Parker, all of them. Right, and almost flip his finger up at at, at the NBA about it being a nationally televised game. He didn't care. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I don't love it. I get it. It is what it is. What, what are you going to do about it? What do you, I mean, what are you going to do? There's nothing you can do about it. Like, you know, you just, I don't know. Again, I think we spent too much time on it. I think we just, too much time has been spent on it over the last couple of weeks. Um, we kind of knew this was coming because, again, um, they won it all with Kawhi playing 60 games in Toronto last year. So some guys are going to do it and some guys are going to fight it. You know, there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to say, like, no, no, that's not me. I, I'm going to play. I feel healthy. I'm going to play. Last thing here, interesting report from the New York Post. Not overly shocking, but it was interesting. Celts reportedly offered Jalen Brown and multiple picks for Chris Tapps Porzingis before the 2017 draft. As we know, he's since moved on, gone to Dallas. But at the time, Phil Jackson might have been inclined to make that move, but owner James Dolan apparently said no. I guess my question is, did he kind of save the seas from themselves on this one? Uh, it depends what the picks were, right? I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, who, who would you rather? Like, forget, take the picks out of the equation. Would you rather Jalen Brown or Porzingis? Uh, I mean, I would take Porzingis. I, I think he's the better player. But when you start to factor in injury history and just, you know, how frequent he might get hurt as a big like that, yeah, I don't worry. The contracts are similar enough, but – Injury versus not, that's where I would worry and, and almost more gravitate to Brown. They're just like polar opposite players. Oh, so absolutely. It probably depends as much as like what you want on your team. And, yes, you have a guy like Jalen Brown is actually perfect for this group. He's perfect because he can score enough, but he's not. that's not what he is, right? He, he can, he's a versatile wing who can do a little bit of everything, can get you 21 nights can be an elite defender. Yeah, if he makes shots, it's a, it's a totally different deal for him. Um, so they're, they're just different. I think Porzingis in today's day and age is worth more because what do you need? You, to me, you need guys who can make shots. 
And, uh, and Porzingis is just a far better offensive player. Uh, just imagine. I mean, think about this, though. You know, imagine a team, Kemba, Hayward, and then Tatum and Porzingis. I know. It's crazy. Like, like, think of the offensive efficiency numbers. Uh, oh, like, people... like it, it would just be insane facing the court, uh, the length, everything. I mean, it would be – I'd rather have Porzingis. Well, people but would be again, talking about this, this team as a championship yeah. contender if that's what it looked like. No Correct. question. And, again, I didn't, I didn't see the report, so I don't know what the picks were. I, I have no idea what the picks were at that point. But, you know, probably, uh, you know, a few of those lot, lottery picks – Maybe it was, you know, the Sacramento pick, which didn't turn out to be that good anyway. Well, and again, 2017, that was pre-Kyrie coming here, wasn't it? I'm trying to remember. Was it was that his first season before the 2017 drafts? So that was right before they would have acquired him. So could have, could have been a Nets pick as well. Right, right. So, That's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's obviously not having the details like you either, and, and the report was vague to that. We don't know. It's just one of those interesting things that comes along years after the fact, as usual, and, and at least it isn't one of those offering eight zillion first-round picks for the right to get Justice Winslow or something like that. But, Jeff Goodman, yeah. I know you got to take yeah. off. This was, uh, this was a lot of fun, as always. Always appreciate having you on, and look forward to the next uh, episode of, of the You and Bob Ryan Show. Man, I'll tell you what, it is uh... – it's kind of one of those things where you like pinch yourself every time you sit with Bob Ryan. I, I, I don't know about you, but like, yeah. I mean, I just grew up like that was like the guy. I mean, Bob Ryan is the guy that you wanted to be like, you wanted to emulate, you wanted to be Bob Ryan, and uh, get a chance to do a podcast with him now is, is uh, pretty pretty damn cool. So I appreciate it, and uh, thanks as always for having me on, and uh, I'm sure we will uh, we'll connect soon. Absolutely, feel the same as. Jeff does about Bob Ryan. I mean, you guys know anytime I have him on the show, I love having Bob Ryan on this show, and and we usually talk for an hour each time, and you know, I'd have him on every couple of weeks if I didn't uh, want to not bug him so frequently. So just having him on when he does come on is is always a treat, much the same as Jeff Goodman. You know, he is a guy who has been around a long time and, and is a big voice in uh, the community of things that we like to do, talk about, have people on. It's it's terrific. So well-known in the basketball world, obviously, and, and a good friend of this podcast and, of course, the entire CLNS media network. With that, going to get out of here. Today's show brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% bonus on your next deposit. The show also brought to you in part by ExpressVPN. Get three months free when you purchase a yearly subscription by going to ExpressVPN dot com slash Celtics. Thanks to Jeff, producer Evan Valenti, Nick, Larry, John, everybody at CLNS Media, of course you. We welcome your feedback. Get me on Twitter at Adam M. Kaufman. I'll be right there with you tonight tweeting about this game. Hopefully the Celtics getting poised to improve to 8-1, eight, eight straight wins, and uh, life after Gordon Hayward for at least a little while. Not in the same way it was a couple of years ago, but for a little while. Like, see a middle of next month, if not sooner, hopefully, Gordon. And you know, I, I just, I, I feel for you. Not that you're listening, but I feel for you. This sucks, so let's get you back on the floor. It was so much fun to watch what we had seen through the early part of this year and just to see, I know, obviously, Gordon Hayward tired of all the, is he back, are you back, blah, blah, blah. This is as close as we have seen to Utah Gordon Hayward since his arrival for obvious reasons, and I still think the best is yet to come over the course of the rest of this year. Also want to say thank you very much to those who have served 
to your families, uh, everyone. You know, if you have a member of the military in your family here on Veterans Day, thank you, and you are to be celebrated. You should be celebrated, and we would not be able to do the stuff that we do if not for the fact that you do what you do and those who lost their lives doing what they did. It, we would not be where we are without you, so thank you very much. Again, subscribe to the show, Celtics Beat. Go to iTunes. You can find the show on stitcher on twitter on the clns youtube page everywhere seek it out we appreciate it hopefully we see some geno tonight at the garden thanks for listening i promise we'll get back to sunday soon